Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. guys welcome back to another episode of the nba daily b podcast i am jacob mummert i am joined by tim rodriguez both of us on the say it again network and we are here tonight to talk about the eastern conference final series between the milwaukee bucks and the atlanta hawks right now the series is tied two to two but things are really about to shake up as both sides kind of have some key injuries as of late uh big stars going down although it sounds like nothing is serious and Although the statuses are uncertain, it's not going to be any lingering injuries, uh, nothing that's really going to rule them out completely, but it's injuries nonetheless, and these can, these things can pile up. So let's start with the most recent news we got today. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who suffered a knee injury in game four at about the third quarter mark, he landed awkwardly, tweaked his knee, had to be helped off the court. He had an MRI today that showed no structural damage, and his ligaments are sound. That is great news uh, for all the Milwaukee faithful, because losing Giannis completely would would be devastating uh not only for this series but for their chance at an nba finals appearance so what was your reaction first when Giannis went down and then when you heard the news today oh i completely 100 percent thought he tore his acl because every yeah. time i ever see anyone holding their knee like that it's been a torn acl right but then he got up he walked around he walked to the locker room and then i don't know if you saw this he came back onto the bench mm. when they were down by like 16, I guess gauging whether or not it was worth going back in the game. And then I think Atlanta hit two threes Milwaukee called timeout. And then he walked back to the locker room. I thought he was done for, uh, when I watch it again today, it kind of reminds me of, I think it was two, three years ago, uh, Bryce Harper running out to first base. He had the same exact thing. His knee literally went yeah. backwards and then, too, I thought Bryce destroyed his knee, but it was a hyperextension, and he was out for a couple weeks. I, I don't know if Giannis is going to play again. I would imagine that he wants to. He's going to try to at some point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
it's it's an injury you don't want to mess around with, especially your knees. You just don't want to screw that up. You don't want to rush yourself. But also, if this gets into a game six, game seven, do or die scenario, I bet he plays just to give it all he has to help Milwaukee progress. Uh, and then you can look at, you know, once you hit the NBA finals of does he play game one? Does he not play till game three? Uh, one of those <clears throat> one of those scenarios, um, just because you don't want to you don't want to risk anything. That is your centerpiece, your franchise star. For years to come, you don't want to have a an ACL or meniscus injury that's going to to progress through his career. Um, but injury wise, I think that's it for the Bucks. I mean, they suffered that big injury to Dante DiVincenzo to kind of start the playoffs, but they've been uh, you know weathering that fairly. Um, so I, I I don't see any other major injuries causing concern. Uh, and and Giannis had great things to say about Chris Middleton, who really stepped up uh, in that role. Without Giannis, they said that you know. He, I think it was the quote is like, I'm not going to pass up a wide open Chris Middleton shot. He's the guy, he's the guy to hit the shot, especially from the three point range. So I, I think they're still in good hands. Although Giannis is, is he's, he's just such a big part of that team. It's hard to see who's going to step up and, and fill that role. If I'm the Bucks, I'm upset that I lost to Atlanta without Trey Young, but also got to be realistic with yourself. Almost every single shot that the Hawks made the other night was contested. It was just, I call it the backup quarterback game. It always feels like a team like wins or plays well their first game with the backup quarterback or a situation where the starter either gets pulled or gets hurt. And for some reason, the offense is flowing fine without him to start. And then once reality kicks in, yeah, it looks like a backup quarterback again. I mean, that's what's happening with Atlanta. They weren't getting any good looks, but everything was going in. Lou Williams couldn't, you know, Lou Williams, getting up there in age, doesn't have the same, you know, quick little first step he used to have. Bogdanovich is playing with a knee injury. Uh, Danilo Gallinarius somehow lost every ounce of athleticism he had at one point. (laughs) But they just hit everything they looked at. And, you know, you needed one of those games to win without Trey Young. He's one of the players, like we talked about with Steph, where he really does make the team go. They don't have anyone else who can – really score with the ball in their hands. I know Lou Will had a game yep. last night, but you know, it's Lou Will. He's been the sixth man of the year. That's his role. But Trey Young right. is just so valuable to that team. I'd argue that if we just go by what player is most valuable to their team, Trey Young is right up there at the top with guys like Steph, like LeBron, you know, those type of guys. Yeah, and, and I think it's so funny that it came down to these two teams in the East because I think you could argue the same position for Giannis. He he is integral to that team because they run everything through him. Now they have Chris Middleton who can shoot and, and Drew Holiday who's able uh, you know, to help up and fill a role. But yeah, Giannis is, is the heart and soul of that team. But let's talk about Trey Young now because he has an injury he's dealing with as um, on his own. As we talked about, he suffered a bone bruise and didn't play in Game 4, although Atlanta was able to win. Uh, he is a game-time decision for Game 5 on Thursday and his running mate Clint Capella his status is questionable for Thursday's game because he's uh, is dealing with eye inflammation after getting elbowed in the closing seconds of game four so Atlanta is also dealing with their own uh, kind of setback at least two starters status uncertain for game five uh, what, what do you think about that scenario I mean they've already done like you said one game without Young but now they're going to potentially deal with a game without Young and Capella yeah and like I get that Giannis is Probably not playing. He's not officially out, which to me is insane. One day after dislocate or right. hyperextending his knee, I think we can all kind of assume Giannis is not playing. But you don't want to let the Hawks know that yeah. too far in advance. 
originally right. I thought, you know, would you would you maybe not play Trey Young an extra game if you can buy him an extra day of rest? But then I think back to what I just said with, you know, Atlanta had a shooting night that they're not going to have again without Trey Young. I would be shocked if right. they make that many, you know, non-open shots again. I think Trey's going to play because honestly, to me, he looked like he could play the whole game. He was moving around on the bench, celebrating, dancing. That tells me that he was close to playing. So I think, mm-hmm. especially because it's on the road, he's going to push himself to play. Capella, it's all yeah. going to come down to really pain tolerance and how he feels potentially playing with a mask, I guess. I don't, still don't really know what happened. Did he get like his nose broken or something like that? I, I think he got just elbowed in the eye. Like it was all inadvertent, but I think it, you know, going up for a rebound, someone just got him in the eye and and he's been dealing with swelling there. Um, or around that area at least, but yeah, no, Maybe I, play with some for my goggles. understanding of a bone, yeah, potentially goggles that, that was my thought. Um, and, and I think it's going to come down to whether the Hawks deem it necessary, if they think they're going to, they're going to need both of them, or maybe they can get by with one of them. Obviously Trey Young is, is the more important piece to the puzzle there. Uh, but for my understanding of a bone bruise, it's, it's sore when it gets touched. Most of the time you can you can play through it, uh, but it's just very uncomfortable, you know, when the area gets gets bumped or gets, you know, gets touched or or you run into something. So depending on where exactly it's located on his leg, um, it, you know, it, it could be extremely painful to play with. But I agree with you. If he's up on the bench cheering on his teammates, doing celebrations, he will probably play the next game, especially if they're wanting to take advantage of Giannis being out, because that's really how they have to look at it. Um, you, you have to take advantage now, get the next game, and then you know really make Milwaukee roll the dice or figure out if they can make Giannis play. Yeah, Milwaukee's starting to get really thin at the wings. You know, DiVincenzo mm-hmm. was kind of like their sixth man, and now it became Pat Connaughton. And I hate to say this about a player, Pat Connaughton might be really bad at basketball <laughs> because I mean I remember him in the dunk contest with Portland. Yeah, but. Man, Pat Connaughton, he airballed a shot last night. And I think he oh. went like one for four with the one being a layup. He doesn't play much defense, but that's just that's where they're at right now. Uh, maybe play the other Antetokounmpo that you have just to give you some, some length, get out on these shooters. But it's tough for Milwaukee because they really have built this team around Giannis. It's a lot of a lot of defense. And a lot of, you know, let's create easy baskets for ourselves with excellent defense, excellent rebounding, guys like Portis and Lopez down there. Lopez, to me, could be the yep. key because, like, yeah, people forget at one point, Brooke Lopez was a 20 and 10 player, all time leading scorer in Nets history. Maybe you start giving Lopez some touches. I mean, he can still get buckets. I mean, Brooke Lopez is still a damn good basketball player. Oh, for sure. And he's got range too now. So, I mean, you know, he can draw out the center, especially if Clint Capella isn't playing. I think that opens things up for him. At least he doesn't have to worry about that matchup on the defensive end. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, Thonasis obviously isn't as gifted as his brother. Um, but I did see that that one highlight, I guess you could say, of him doing the extra effort on defense. Wasn't even near the guy, still jumped in and, and acted like he was going to try to block the shot. So at least he, he'll give you effort. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think Brick, Brick Lopez could be a for sure guy to look to. Bryn Forbes has done really well in the postseason for them thus far. Yeah. You know, his, tell, his really tell carrying them it. off the bench. So, yeah, I mean, I that, that guy, that, that, that was. Yeah, 
Round one was tough for me watching Bryn Forbes dominate my yeah. beloved basketball team. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I, that's one of the more underrated signings, I feel like I'd say, of the offseason, but yet has made such a big impact in the postseason for them. Um, Drew Holiday has been, I say, relatively quiet. But but this is the time for those guys to step up and and it's not going to be a one guy steps in to fill Giannis. It's going to be a collective effort of Drew Holiday, of Chris Middleton, of Brick Lopez to just split some of that portion up uh, to, to fill those shoes because you're not going to have one guy that's going to do it all. I will say, luckily enough for the Hawks, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Hunter's down with an injury. Danilo Gallinari uh, isn't playing as well. Kevin Herter's coming off the bench. So they don't really have a a type of player that necessarily they have to worry about with Giannis being out as far as covering, as far as matching up with on defense and offense. So I feel like they could pretty much divide that role easily. It's just you're missing that dominant force of Giannis. So, um, you know, and for the Hawks, maybe it's a guy like John Collins finally steps up. Maybe it's, you know, Kevin Herter off the bench. Uh, Lou Will maybe takes rain, although, you know, like you said before, Lou Williams is good for a couple games. I don't think he's good for, for consistent scoring output. You know, interesting enough, I just remembered this. Giannis got hurt last year in the playoffs, too. He played, yep. I think, 10 minutes of game four against the Heat which coincidentally is the only game the Bucks won that series. Chris Middleton had 36 points and hit the dagger to put the game away in the final seconds. Yeah. And that was against a, I believe, fully healthy Heat team that would go on to win the East. And this is going to be the Hawks potentially without three of theirs, what, maybe six best players? Yeah. So they're not... You know, the Hawks aren't out of the woods yet, especially if Trey Young is out or even limited, because there's really no way you can hide you can try to hide Trey Young on defense, which is what they do already. But now I gotta take into the fact that every step for him is gonna be kind of grueling with that injury. There's I can't hide him on offense because he's got the ball ninety five percent of the plays. Right. This I think I this mean, next and- game's gonna be really interesting. Oh, yeah. And especially with a guy like Drew Holiday Garden, you don't have a chance to to make big mistakes or or to be, you know, gingerly moving the ball up the court. And I don't think there's anybody else that's really going to do that for the Hawks but Trey Young. Uh, you know, they made it in that game, but but still, it's not a consistent uh, method for success. So, yeah, a lot of it is going to hinge on his status and whether or not he plays the whole game. Maybe, you know, he's on a minutes restriction and he plays, you know, every so often or or he plays, you know, the first quarter and not the second quarter. And and it's all just going to depend on on how Nate McMillan and his staff want to manage that injury. But it's it's so hard to do that because the series is tied. So you do have to focus on winning, but you're also thinking ahead, but not thinking ahead. Like if we make it to the finals, you know, we want to have our guys ready to go. We don't have these nagging injuries, but it seems like at least out of the East, these guys are going to kind of gingerly creep into the NBA finals here with some of the injuries they're facing. And potentially out West too. I know it just came out a little while ago that Kawhi is definitely out for the rest of the conference finals, but wouldn't rule out yeah. a return for the NBA finals, which this Kawhi right. thing was, has been really weird. I remember at first it was, he may miss two games, but he also may miss the rest of the playoffs. And it's starting. I don't want to start any nonsense, but it's kind of starting to feel like his last year in San Antonio when it was maybe Kawhi is healthy. Why is he not playing? Maybe Kawhi is check. Kawhi is a guy that he checks out when he checks out, he checks out. Kawhi has the option to opt out this summer. We talked about, and he's going to be 
he could be the big fish because it's really it. I don't see a world where Chris Paul's yeah. not going back to Phoenix. Right. Yeah. No, it's 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 interesting because it definitely brings up that past of load management of I'm resting because I want to rest. And he hasn't done that, you know, since his time with the Spurs. Then he goes to the Raptors, plays all through, has played most of the time through with the Clippers. But yeah, now he's back in and he's just I mean, he's a rare breed. And I liked how you said it. When he checks out, he checks out. How hard is it for him going to be to lock back in? If he decides to play in the NBA finals, you know, Paul George has got his groove going. The team's figuring things out without Kawhi. And then you throw him back into the mix. And honestly, that could totally wreck whatever chemistry they've developed in in these last few games. And I know they're professionals. And, you know, obviously, if they've made it this far, they they are some cream of the crop talent. But I'm telling you, throwing him in there when he's not at his best, even mentally not at his best, I think that that could be catastrophic for for the Clippers if they were to advance. And then now they face maybe, you know, this up and coming Hawks team that takes advantage of that or or the Bucks get Giannis back and they just dominate without, you know, Kawhi fully checked in. And and I mean, that could that could spell disaster for them. And then, yeah, it, it also begs the question, then what does Kawhi do in the offseason if this playoff run doesn't work out? Um, how long is he going to want to stay in L.A. to to try to win? It, we saw in 2018 when he had checked out, I think he played 14 games for the Spurs that year. It's not like he was Kawhi for those 14 games. I think he averaged like 16 points, right? And this was after, you know, everyone was gone. You know, this was Kawhi's team. The ball was in his hands every play, mm-hmm. and he just kind of didn't care. I saw something yesterday that kind of irked me. I wanted to ask you about it. And it said that this is the Suns last chance to win a championship. I don't know why that is the narrative that's going around. Everyone's back next year, except for, I believe, Tory Craig. Yeah. And like who in the West is going to be this up and coming force next year. We talked about the Lakers, but I think even a healthy Laker team, it's going to be a dogfight to get to the finals because they don't have that third guy, which in the modern era, you kind of need. We, we talked about DeRozan yesterday, but that seems far fetched. Right, the Nuggets with Jamal Murray would be interesting, but how how many wins does Jamal Murray get you against the Suns? I mean, they swept the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, so and then obviously the Clippers will be back. We assume if they go to the finals without Kawhi Leonard, that Kawhi is not just going to leave; he's going to probably run it back one more time. But you never know. Like the West will be loaded as it normally is, but I don't think that the Suns are out of the suddenly out of the championship picture next year. Yeah, I I don't understand that at all because the Suns have such a young core and then they made and and I was I, I'll preface this with I was totally on the fence with this move uh Chris Paul going to the Suns back when it happened because I was like this could either go really wrong or really right. Maybe he does unlock Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Maybe he doesn't do anything and and now you're stuck with him, but obviously it has benefited them tremendously. They wouldn't be here without Chris Paul. Um but all that being said, they have such a young core already established that they're going to be good for several seasons. Chris Paul, it, yeah, like you said, it would be a no-brainer for him um, to to return to the Suns. He's got a good thing going there. You know, if they make it to the finals, I, I think that's even more of a reassurance that that they're doing the right thing. If they win a championship, that's obviously even more of a reassurance that they're doing the right thing. And the West is going to be stacked, but they're prepared for that. And they've done their due diligence this season in beating teams. Like we mentioned, it's not going to be a big free agency market. So teams are pretty much going to look the same um, as, as far as the big names go. 
And I, I think that could really work to the Suns' advantage. You have all this big talk about big players in the West. You have uh, Nikola Jokic, you have Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Paul George. But none of it matters if, if you can't put it all together. And the Suns have been able to put it all together. Uh, Utah faltered in the playoffs. The Lakers, you know, just weren't themselves when they got in here. And the Warriors might be that sneaky team. But, you know, what does Clay look like? And and the Clippers, you know, can they develop? their their chemistry again can can they you know battle that back um bring that back and and who is going to be left to play with them so yeah i i would not worry about the suns um i won't say they'll repeat if they win this year but i would definitely say they're they're going to be deep into the playoffs probably for the next four or five and something else that was brought up yesterday someone very close to my neck of the woods mr Dwayne wade now partial owner of the Jazz, is all of a sudden concerned that Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be there. I mean, it's He's from New York. It's hard not to think that. Yeah. It's you know? it's hard not to think that in a small market. I, I totally understand that. Deal with the same thing with the Pacers, is that you're in a small market, you feel like you don't get that attention. And, uh, you know, if you think back to even the All-Star game, him and Gobert kind of got not snubbed because they made it, but the fact that they were like the last two guys picked and and everyone's just kind of poking fun at the Jazz who are the number one team in the West. They shouldn't, you know, they don't deserve it. Why are they there? They're a small market team. Everyone didn't take them seriously. And then they get into the playoffs and everyone understood why they didn't take them seriously because they got they got knocked out. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where Donovan Mitchell, if he goes to another team, may not be the star but he could be the second or third star that helps lift a team to a championship. So I think that's what he's weighing uh, in the back of his mind is that, can I be this new addition to a team that's going to lift them and get them to a championship and win that way? I don't think he wins a championship with the jazz. I just, they're, they're missing something. I can't exactly put my finger on it, but they're missing something. They always seem to have really good success in the regular season, get to the postseason finally, and just run into really hard matchups or, or just don't, don't have it all together. And whether that's chemistry with Gobert, if you think back to the whole, when COVID hit, he was the one that didn't believe it was touching all the microphones and then he got COVID spread it to the team and, and there was a little riff there. So um, that's really, you know, digging back into the closet, but it, it could all stem from that. It could very much be from that point and, and just the lack of respect that he gets in Utah and the, and the lack of attention that he gets. Yeah. Like I mentioned, uh, his dad has worked for the Mets for a very long time. He grew up wearing blue and orange, which, you know, are Knicks colors. Uh, the Knicks have themselves an all-star in Julius Randle. You know, all of a sudden, busted out of the gate with a cut of the most improved players of this year season, uh, coach of the year with Tibbs, and honestly, are one of the few teams that, if you wanted to put together a package of young players, they now have that because they've just been accumulating young players. Right in one year, they yep. got Emmanuel quickly, who ended up being their best rookie instead of Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson right. still on the team. I don't think Kevin Knox and Frank Nadekina have any type of value in any trade. Right. But Mitchell Robinson, there's oh, how can I forget RJ Barrett? That would be RJ the Barrett, crown yeah. crown jewel of the trade. But for me with the Jazz, it comes back down to I don't think Rudy Gobert can be your second best player. Yeah. Doesn't give me enough yeah. on no, offense. I, this I is an offensive totally game. Yeah. Now 
you need that guy to protect the boards and, and to be that defensive threat. But yeah, there's no way he can be your number two star and you have success. And there's no one else on the jazz that are going to step up. Like Jordan Clarkson knows his role. He comes off the bench. Uh, Joe Ingles, you know, hits the shots when he needs to. Same thing with Bogdanovich, you know, and, and unless they get another guy in Utah, that can be the guy. I don't think it happens. And and again, it goes back to the, how are you going to draw interest into a small market? It it did, you know, it just doesn't happen. Now I will say for the Knicks perspective, you've got me thinking, I wonder if the Knicks don't opt to keep RJ Barrett and, and instead send them Emmanuel quickly, Mitchell Robinson, or even Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, something in that. And those kind of lines to land Donovan Mitchell. Cause I think RJ Barrett really came into his own this season. And, and I think, Maybe they they swap him for for Mitchell straight up, but I could also see them keeping him and and having those three Randall, uh, R.J. Barrett, and Donovan Mitchell running it. I think to get Mitchell, you're going to have to give up Barrett because Donovan Mitchell is what twenty four, right? Already one yeah. of the better players in the league. He had a crazy beginning to the playoffs last year. You know, really bad moment in Game Seven of the first round where he turns the ball over, pretty much ends their season. But I mean, he's a really good basketball player. We saw there was a moment yeah. where the only game Utah had lost through the first like seven or eight playoff games was game one against Memphis where he didn't play, right? He doesn't play game one, they lose, but then he plays the next four and it's a completely different basketball team. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you talked about no, small it, markets. You don't get smaller than Utah. Yeah. No, and... And I, I totally feel the pain because, because like I said, it's the same thing with the Pacers. There's a lot of resemblance there, although we just don't. They, they got lucky with, with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and we have not had such luck. Um, because if that team was in the East, they'd be dominating for sure. But, oh, but that's yeah. just not how it is. But, but yeah, no, I, I could see Donovan Mitchell. I could see him wanting, to, wanting out of there. And then, you know, the Jazz are back to square one. You have Rudy Gobert, but again, if he's your best player, then you have problems. If Donovan Mitchell were to force his way out of Utah, if I'm running Utah, I'm hitting reset completely. You know, what can I get for all these veterans that I now have? Which I think you can get a lot. Because there's some team out there who's going to absolutely fall in love with Rudy Gobert, right? Bogdanovich is a super valuable bench or low-tier starter piece for me. You know, Joe Ingles has a lot of respect around the league. Because for some reason, I don't know how, because he's so unathletic, but he's a really good ball handler. Good defender, good yeah. shooter. Just a really good, like, how do I phrase it? He feels like a San Antonio Spur, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I could, you know, almost has the same hairstyle as Manu Ginobili. Like, like I could get down with that. I think I think he's that uh he's that glue guy, like the locker room guy that that keeps up the chemistry, you know, makes you makes you have fun while you play. Um, and I always get him and Joe Harris mixed up all the time because because they're pretty pretty much the same type of player um Both yeah I, I definitely too, think right? he's that uh i don't know about joe, joe maybe they, maybe they Australia? are i don't know um but i i, I kind of lumped those two and then i'd even throw alex caruso into that mix um i think they're it's a, it's a glue guy it's a locker room guy um that that may not give you that that all-star level production but you know you keep them there for the morale for the chemistry and and joe Ingle starts i mean it's not like he's he doesn't have that ability but Definitely not like your first pick for sure. No. So uh, if you wanted to talk about the Western, I know the Western game is going on right now, but 
do you think do you see the Suns are up uh nine at halftime, by the way? Is do you do you see a world where this goes to a game seven? Do we get in a position where Chris Paul might blow another three one lead? Uh, I I would like to think not because he's got a pretty decent supporting cast. Um, but got to finish I mean, it tonight. Paul George is, me. yeah, they they do have to finish it. Paul George is on a mission now. He's all the media and everybody that's that was bashing him last year in the playoffs. He's trying to put that behind him, trying to make a name for himself. So he's motivated. Um, I I just I've always thought the Clippers are were kind of a a random team this year of of guys and, and, and experience levels and everything like that. And I just don't, I don't see it all coming together, but, but maybe it does. But yeah, I definitely think if you're the Suns, you have to finish this tonight. Don't let it go on any longer, get your rest, get healthy because you know, you gotta, you gotta wait an Eastern conference team that you can't really, can't really not game plan for it. Obviously you're, you made it this far, but you just get you some time to look at that and evaluate it more without having the the pressure of a game seven on your mind. You can't give these Clippers any more confidence. Right. And also, if it comes down to a game seven, everyone on the Clippers roster is so experienced, even without Kawhi. Yep. Like all these guys have legitimate yep. playoff experience. For the Suns, it's Chris Paul, right? Torrey Craig has played some playoff games with the Nuggets. Uh, Cameron Payne as a bench guy with the Thunder. Obviously, Jay Crowder has been in what two NBA Finals already. Yeah, but this is it's still a super young team, right? Devin Booker's first time in the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton's twenty-two. Mikael Bridges, I think, is twenty-three. Do not let this go to a game seven, especially the way the Clippers are shooting right now. The Clippers, you know, a lot of people made fun of them for the Luke Kennard contract and the Morris contract. I always said they paid for shooting, and it worked. Both of those guys were top yeah. seven in three-point percentage this year. Their bench is one of the best in the league. It's one of the best three-point shooting benches in the league. And the, one of the big reasons they started down 0-2 to Dallas was that Ty Lue wouldn't play Luke Kennard. And it messed up their spacing. Yeah. Like This guy was the number seven three-point shooter in the league, and he was getting DNPs in, play, in the playoffs, like we talked about with Montrez Harrell. You know, I know that rotations get shorter in the playoffs, but I can't have 16 million sitting on the bench. Yep, um, especially when you ha- <clears throat> when you have a guy like is it is it Terrence Mann? Is that is that who went off for him? Um, Go Noles, baby! Bench. And yeah, yeah. When you have a guy you know like that come off the bench, great. You know he's he's overperforming and and outperforming his contract, but that doesn't mean yeah you have to sit a guy like Luke Kennard because uh, because he gives you something totally different. But no, the experience level is is crazy with this team. I mean, Paul George, Serge Ibaka, um, you got Rajon Rondo in there as well now. Uh, yeah, the Morris brothers, I feel like have been around since the NBA was created. So, so they've had experience, obviously. Uh, so no, I think uh, that that's definitely going to play off. That's why if you're the Suns, you got ended early um, because you don't want those guys to, to get any kind of mo- more momentum than they already have. Nicholas Batum, I think is, is a little bit of an outsider. I don't think he's had as much experience as everybody else, but he's had experience in the league. Um, not necessarily he's, in the playoffs, but I just think- a veteran in that regard. He's made the second round a couple times with Portland, mm-hmm. right? I, maybe once it was when Dame hit the shot versus Houston. I think Batum was okay. still on those teams. And then he signed that ridiculously large contract in Charlotte. 
Yep. And I don't think they ever made the playoffs while he was there. So he's got one or two years in the playoffs. Right. But like who their most unexperienced players are their rookies, right? Terrence Mann's in year two. Yeah. He didn't play much last year. I mean, there is there is super deep, good three point shooting, experienced, battle tested team, even without Kawhi. You throw Kawhi on there, if he's Kawhi, they're a different monster. It's the biggest reason that before the season I picked them to win the championship. And it somehow came in a way where it's a real possibility, even though I never actually thought it was going to happen after like two months into the season. Because on top of being experienced and good three-point shooting team, you'd think they'd be a little more consistent, but they're a super inconsistent team. Uh, Finally playing DeMarcus Cousins has been big for them. Yeah. And I criticized Ty Lue. We forgot about him. I criticized Ty Lue a lot. Because I think he's one of those coaches that he's fine for managing superstar egos. But when it comes to in-game stuff, he's not as good. But one thing he has done that I applaud him for. He has done nothing but instill Paul George with confidence since the playoffs began. Anytime he's asked about Paul George, he is defending him tooth and nail. And Paul George has shown up and delivered for him. Right, Guys want to play for Ty Lue. I can see why you know LeBron and company wanted him to be the coach so bad in Cleveland. And and I think it's funny because this Clippers team is out to just prove everybody wrong because Paul George is is trying to change his perspective of of being this player that just falls short in the playoffs. And Ty Lue, for so long when he was with LeBron, was always LeBron's coach. It was never his team. LeBron was calling the shots. You're just there because LeBron wanted you there. Now he's out, you know, building a name for himself and and is able to make this team and arguably is is doing great coaching things in his own regard. And and I think the the, the ability to connect with the players is huge and, and to instill that confidence like you're talking about. Yeah, he may not have all the X's and O's, but he gets guys motivated and he sets guys on a mission. That's why you see, I'll relate this back to Indiana, you know, Nate Bjorkery not do as well in his, his first head coaching position because he couldn't connect with the players. He was brilliant with the X's and O's, just couldn't motivate the guys, couldn't get them to enact that game plan, couldn't connect to them. Ty Lue can connect to players on a deeper level, having played and then has just coach for a variety of teams so i you know that's that was a great move if you're gonna lose a guy like doc rivers ty Lue was the guy to to come up next and and i felt that was a pretty good move what i also say about the clippers i just realized this like maybe a week ago excellent coaching staff right ty Lue, a head coach they also have chauncey billups who just took the head coaching job with the portland trailblazers larry yep. drew former head coach has been with ty Lue for a long time former nets head coach kenny atkins and also Little-known guy, Dan Craig, a lot of people don't know who he is, comes from the Heat organization, is actually one of like the best NBA G League coaches in the last decade, coaching the Sioux Falls Sky Force, had a big hand in developing so many guys that came through the, the Sioux Falls program and ended up being NBA players. Think of a Derek Jones, you think of a Hassan Whiteside, uh, okay. Tyler Johnson, who ended up getting a big contract from Brooklyn. He's a great player yeah. development guy. Ty Lue has built a hell of a staff with the Clippers, and they have a hell of a roster. I wish, you know, Ibaka and Kawhi were playing. And even without them, they've got, you know, a puncher's chance to push this to seven, which says a lot about yeah. what they've accomplished this year. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 got to be such an easy pitch. Hey, do you want to come coach the Clippers in L.A.? For sure. Yeah. Like. Like I, I wouldn't turn that down in a heartbeat. Uh, and, and I feel like the, the same is, is going to be said about the Suns too, as well. Monty's done great things with them. You have your GM that's 
you know, phenomenal winning executive of the year. So I, you know, you can't go wrong with these two Western conference teams. I feel like a lot of people wanted Lakers Clippers, obviously, but, but I don't think you can go wrong with the two teams out of the West. No, I like them a lot. And we'll get the Lakers next year. At some point, the LeBron and AD will be healthy. It feels like they're doing an every other year type thing. 2019 LeBron's hurt. 2020, they win the championship. Like I said on the last episode, I do feel like we're going to get the Lakers Nets finals we all want next year. So just hang on. It'll be like the first like real normal year since 2019 also. So No, that, that's entirely true. And so many people were, were talking about putting the asterisk beside the the championship last season and then the Lakers go to win it. I wonder if that asterisk gets put on this championship because we're having teams that we're, we're not, you know, normally seeing in the finals potentially win and, and get that, you know, asterisk of like, well, they won, but they didn't have to do X, Y, and Z or they didn't, you know, a lot of things fell their way. But I don't see it that way. You know, everybody earns. Uh, and and fights for the spot that they have. So I, I never put an asterisk beside that, but I think it that I think that conversation will get tossing around. Oh yeah, I think you play a dangerous game doing that because if I really wanted to, I can go look at every final since 2014 and say none of yep. them have counted. There's a massive <laughs> thing in all of them. Like that's what happens when you win championships. It's hard to win a championship. You have to catch a couple breaks along the way. I said it about the Buccaneers in football this year. I before the season I said if you're going to see a team that's in the Super Bowl, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they have an excellent roster, they got more stability at quarterback. I always said it didn't matter who was quarterback in Tampa, they were going to be good. Just Jameis Winston turned the ball over 35 times a year before. But I look Tampa. I wrote an article about this at our our old place. How Tampa played zero cold games all year preseason. I wrote this zero cold games. There was a stretch where they didn't get on a plane for a month, right? It was yeah. all home games and a bye week. And then their final four games were all against bad teams. It was coming off a bye, and they didn't play a single outdoor game unless it was at home because they played in Detroit and they played in Atlanta, which were both dome teams, pristine conditions most of the year. And then, of course, they get a 7-9 and nine team to start the playoffs and they get, I'm going to say it, big benefit of the doubt with a couple of the calls in the NFC Championship game. And then a sure. home Super Bowl versus a team with five backup offensive linemen, right? If you wanted to, yeah. you can put a massive asterisk by that Super Bowl. But we don't because we, we understand it takes breaks to win in any sport. In right. any sport, it takes massive breaks to win a championship. If it was easy, everyone would do it. There, there'd yeah. be no Carl Malones and John Stocktons and Vince Carters. So I, I think you play such a dangerous game when you try to put, you know, like the LeMickey stuff that's been going around this year. Listen, yeah, Lakers won a championship. And they were dealing with the same bubble fatigue that everyone else was dealing with. And they won the championship. Yep. Yes, they beat a banged up five seed. And it was in a bubble and there were no home or road games. Whatever. You know, the paper says they're the champions. They're the champions. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, and and it's not like the Clippers and and the Suns and the Hawks and and the Bucks haven't gambled some portion to get here. Like the you know the Suns go out and 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 trade for Chris Paul and 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 make that work. You know that was a gamble. Uh, the Clippers with with Ty Lue, you know, and and meshing that roster together, that was a gamble. The Bucks 
tried to revamp the roster after their disappointing finals performance of last year. Was that going to pan out? And the Hawks have just been, in my opinion, the surprise team because I don't think anybody really expected them to get this far. They get rid of Lloyd Pierce. Nate McMillan comes in. What is he going to do? Oh, he's going to lead the team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like I don't think that was on anybody's radar either. So, yeah, and and everybody has to go through things, and sometimes things break your way. It doesn't mean that's bad. It doesn't mean that, that that should be frowned upon. It happens, it happens to everybody. It happens every year. Like you said, you could go back and, and check off little things like that. So yeah, I, I, hopefully that doesn't stir up. I think it could, but, but let's, uh, let's focus back in here as we're winding down. So Eastern conference final series tied two to two bucks and Hawks injuries on both sides. What do you think is going to happen? Game five. Uh, we saw the back of quarterback game happen for Atlanta. I want to say it's going to happen for Milwaukee. They got the benefit of home court. I think especially if Clint Capella doesn't play, like it's really in my mind now that Brooke Lopez could be an X factor because if Onyeka has to start, I mean, this is a yeah. rookie going up against a guy who scored like 15,000 points in the NBA and is a demon down low when he wants to be and can stretch the floor, physical player. He could be an X factor. I mean, Middleton and Holiday are former all-stars. PJ Tucker's no scrub. Yep. You know, it's all good. In Atlanta, even when Trey Young is in there, so much of Atlanta is dependent on are we having a hot or a cold night? And Atlanta yep. had two cold nights to start. They benefited with a winning game one because Trey Young went nuts, but two cold nights to start, or really three cold nights to start when you really think about it, and then got yeah. red hot last the other night. Are they going to be hot again? Are they be cold again? I think Atlanta pulls it out in the end because I think Trey Young is going to suck it up and play. Maybe Clint Capella sure. too. And then at that point, it might just be too much for Milwaukee. Yeah. And I think it's funny. The Hawks kind of in a roundabout way admit to that streakiness in their game when they talk about Kevin Herter. And it's like, you know, when he gets it turned on, you know, we call him red velvet and all this, but it's like, yeah, when he gets it turned on, you could say that whole, you could say the same thing about the whole team when they want to play, when they hit shot, same thing with John Collins. He had disappeared for a portion of the year, comes back, you know, and, and, and has these up and down games. But yeah, Trey young is, is the most consistent, I guess you could say, and even some nights, you know, if he's not hitting, then they're suffering. So uh, I think this will this will be, definitely be a series I could see going down to the wire. I think Giannis being out really hurts the Bucks, um, but hopefully they can you know retool what they did last playoff series and, and have those guys step up again. But yeah, if the Hawks the Hawks need, need to take advantage now, and I, I think they could. Um, all right, so it's halftime of the Clippers Suns game out in the West. Phoenix leads the series three to two. Let's see. The Suns are up by nine points. Uh, what What do you think is going to come down to this one? You think the Clippers are are going to pull it out and keep playing? It's going to take a It's going to take a good shooting night. Uh, Devin Booker has essentially been cold since Game One, and then got it turned on last game. I think yep. we're finally starting to see him get comfortable with. Sometimes he's going sometimes mask, sometimes no mask, but I think he's now yep. getting comfortable playing with the you know. What, broken nose, whatever it is. Chris Paul, he has as long as he keeps playing, he's going to keep getting back into shape after missing, what was it, 12 days? Yeah. You know, Aiden's a big factor for me. I think that's what makes the Suns really interesting going forward for the next couple of years. DeAndre Aiden's 22. Yeah. And he he's just so gets, he's getting better every day. Yeah. I think the yeah, Suns it, do hold on, but yeah. the Clippers, like we said, 
one of the top three-point shooting teams in the league. Well, they're liable to get hot every now and then, and if they do, you know, Chris Paul's going to need to put this game away. He's going to have to be, you know, CP3, point God, as they call him. Totally agree. He's got to he's got to be that anchor. He's got to be that veteran leader on this team. And, and sometimes that involves putting it on your back and and getting the job done. Yeah. Aiton is is so young. It's incredible. And, you know, he was a he all of this season. He pretty much uh, put on Chris Paul for for his success this season and just, you know, couldn't rant about him enough. So I think, you know, it's a true testament to Chris Paul's person, Chris Paul's basketball player, and as a leader. So I, I hope the Suns, you know, I'm really pulling for the Suns to come out in this one. Not that I don't like the Clippers, but it's, you know, it's kind of like the refreshing. We're kind of confident the they'll be back, right? Yeah. And yeah. we're, like we talked about, we are confident the Suns will be back, but we're just much more confident in the Clippers because, right. you know, it's Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at the end of the day. Right. And, and, and I think that's the point. Same thing with the Lakers. They're every season. They're for sure. in to make it to the finals, Western conference finals, NBA finals, what have you, the Suns are like, all right, they made it this year, not necessarily banking on them to make it again the next season. So, so yeah, I really hope they, they take advantage of this opportunity and get it done. All right. Well, next week we will have the results of both of these games. Hopefully, hopefully we're getting closer and closer to the NBA finals. So we'll have a lot more coverage of that of the NBA draft. A lot of stuff is happening as we boil down the season. He is Tim Rodriguez. I am Jacob. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the NBA Daily Beat Podcast.